I'm Adam. I'm Kevin. I'm Reed. And this is our podcast on Act 3 for King Lear. Okay, so, quick summary of scene one. Um, Kent reveals to the gentleman that Albany, Cornwall, and the King of France uh, are have tensions arising among them, um, and the King of France wants to invade Britain. And also, Kent sends the gentleman to find Cordelia and inform her of what she's missed. Yeah, and these things are important because they later um, come up with conflicts between Gloucester uh, and others. Yeah. So we'll go deeper when we get to the... Yeah, foreshadowing. Yeah, foreshadowing. Yes. Alright, um, so moving on. Act 3, scene 2. So Lear's uh, first speech in this scene uh, is Shakespeare's way of portraying the great emotional upheaval within his mind. And that's because... Um, Lear is clearly conflicted on handling the ongoing situation with his daughter, daughters. And that's shown by how he asked nature to destroy everything, uh, particularly ungrateful children, which yeah. applies to his daughters. Yeah. yeah, in this scene, the storm is very uh, important. It shows like how his mind, is all, with all these conflicting emotions, he even like, curses it, mm-hmm. saying to destroy himself, destroy, yeah. well, especially his daughters. Yeah. And it just symbolizes, like, the intensity mm-hmm. of his, like, mind. Like, yeah. yeah, and it's pretty interesting because, like, he's out in the storm, yet he still wants, like, the storm to to rage, like, to rage harder, I guess. To, like, oh, yeah. Which is kind of, like, yeah, contradicting. Kent, Kent claims that it's the worst storm he's ever witnessed. Um, and he thinks it's too hard to be survived with without shelter. And I guess that foreshadows that maybe, uh, maybe Lear won't survive it if it gets harder, which, like you said, it probably will. Um, and at one point, I think it mentioned, like, he didn't even feel the intensity of the storm because he was so conflicted yeah. in his mind that all those physical um, pains were, like, blocked because yeah. he was so, like, crazy almost. Mm-hmm. The storm basically reflects his conflict with him. Yeah. And then also, question four. Lewis states that he's a man that's been sinned against more than he's sinned himself. And um, I think that reflects his development as a human being within the play because he's recognized that um, he's had flaws in his judgment and treatment of his daughters. Uh, and he feels even though he's... He has done been those right, things. Yeah, he's done those they've things. Done they've done worse been, Yeah, them. it's been yeah. It's unbalanced, so, yeah. yeah. So at least he's finally acknowledging that he's made some mistakes, but he still believes he's been, uh, like, outdone by his daughters. Yeah, and that's definitely um, showing, also applies to the theme of science insight, and then now he's got that self-awareness. He um, sees the reality that even though he's messed up uh, in the past, they're being way more messed up to him now. Then, um, question five. How does the fool evaluate the state of Britain in his closing prophecy? Uh, the fool criticizes Britain's social state by claiming that it is incapable of reaching a utopian society. So he, he um, portrays a utopian society and then like says that Britain no is evil. everything but. Yeah, yeah but with exactly. Europe, it's mm-hmm. too corrupt and it can exactly. never be there. Yeah. Um, so, summary of Act 3, Scene 3. It's short, so um, 
It's Regan, Goneril, and Cornwall react to Gla Gloucester's request to pity the king by opposing Gloucester's suggestion and punishing him by kicking him out of his own house because he's hosting them um, for the uh, for a couple of days, I think. And uh, yeah, and they react negatively to towards him. And they act as if they were the hosts, even though they're, they're just guests. And um, a little bit later on in that scene, Edmund shares with the audience that... Um, Oh, he says the younger rises when old doth fall, and that reveals that he betray he plans on betraying his father through uh, handing the secret of letter to the duke, in hopes that he'll inherit what his father loses. Yeah. That's also again. Um, she eventually does. Yeah. That's going back to a connection between uh, between Lear and Gloucester, in that Lear's daughters also betray him as uh, his son's son betrayed. Betray yeah. Well, one daughter or one son is actually truthful. Exactly. But they yeah. cast them away. Yeah, this misjudgment of their yeah. own children. So now, Act 3, Scene 4. Um, how does Lear explain his approaching insanity? Um, Lear explained his insanity by, well, again, comparing it to the storm, mm -hmm. as we've seen through this uh, act. And I had the quote for him. Oh, the yeah. tempest in my mind doth from my senses take all feeling. Yeah. And yeah, that was just his conflicting thoughts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, like, his mental state is, like, it's insanity because it's so similar to, like, the outside storm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, uh, then question five says, why does Lear tear off his clothes? Uh... And that's after he sees uh, Edgar, as disguised as poor Tom, Lear. come into their uh, place. And I said that Lear tries to put himself into Tom's situ uh, position because he believes that the clothes represents possessions and that Tom has none or has very little. So he rids himself of his own clothes to relate to Tom and say that, oh, I've lost everything also. Yeah, and it's because Edgar or poor Tom uh, said he was also like a wealthy man. Um, like lost everything mm -hmm. and then like his view or weird it's like similar to like uh, kind of buddhism or like what buddha did like mm -hmm. you know he uh, gave away all his possessions oh yeah and like so that's like i guess what he's thinking tearing off his clothes and feeling like he gets enlightened yeah he's no yeah. better than him mm -hmm. so might as well yeah and i think um he realizes that He's made a lot of mistakes in the past, like when he meets poor Tom, that's his name, right? Mm -hmm. um, and like he realized that he didn't help the poor as much as he could have when he had the power to do so. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Like, definitely. Um, so then how does, question six, how does Gloucester's appearance at the Hubble illustrate the parallel structure between Lear's daughter's plot and Gloucester's son's subplot? So that's again going back to that ongoing conflict between each of them and their own children. Um, I said Gloucester feels torn, like Lear, and feels obligated to help, uh, help poor Tom, as, or I mean help Lear, um, sort of, I guess, return back to sanity, um, since he relates to his own experiences. Yeah. In question seven. It's what trait is Lear developing? And how does this trait affect your status as a child here? And Adam mentioned this earlier. How he has more sim or new sympathy for poor and helpless. Yeah. And then, yeah, he's starting to find yeah. some compassion. 
self-awareness yeah. um, and he gains a deeper insight um, Goes back to which insight. takes away from the superficiality that he once had Moving on to scene five, um, Edmund uh, starts betraying um, his father, and then how does he re- misrepresent his family obligations to the Duke? And so Edmund claims that Edmund claims that uh, he is close to his father and that he respects him, and that's why it was so hard to betray him by um, giving the letter to the Duke, even though it, that's completely false. And he's just flattering the Duke. He's, in reality, the betrayal wasn't difficult at all because he already has so much against him. Um, so yeah, that's... Then that leads on to question three, where... Um, uh, what do you guys think uh, Edmund's attitude towards the concept of loyalty is? And how, what does that say about his character? He pretends to be loyal to, to the Duke. And then when he's with his father, he pretends to be loyal to him. Yeah. But in reality, he's only... He's not loyal to anyone. I guess that's himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, he doesn't care about other people's lives only for his own purpose. Yeah. So, yeah, he only, like, his main, I guess his, like, main character trait that he thinks of for himself is loyalty. Exactly. And he, like, only portrays loyalty to other people when... In reality, he's only loyal to himself. Yeah, so everything, every time he pretends to be loyal to someone, it's always for his own benefit. It's not really for the other person. So, yeah. Um, and then I thought it was pretty interesting, even though it's not one of the main questions. It's, um, what does the Duke promise Edmund? The Duke promises uh, to replace Edmund's father, uh, Gloucester, by, with, by giving him more love and affection. And I thought that was interesting because that's also highly a reason for why Edmund is betraying his father. He doesn't he hasn't gotten that love as an illegitimate son. Um, and yeah, so the Duke promising that to Edmund further makes him encourages him to keep on betraying his father and uh, seek uh, power for himself. Yeah and I guess that foreshadows like that Edmund is gonna succeed over his yeah. father. And the Gloucester, yeah. So, moving on to scene six. Uh, what is Lear? So, Lear, Lear makes a trial, right? Yeah, fake Mock one. trial, yeah, just for himself. Yeah. And what is Lear accused Goneril, of, well, Goneril and his daughters in general of, dur- of doing during his imaginary trial? Um, he accuses them of abandoning and mistreating him um, unrightfully because he's their father. Uh, despite having granted them land, they still... Uh, well, they abandon him and uh, treat him poorly, disrespectfully. And it's kind of, like, shows him going crazy yeah. even more because he's, like, pretending this trial is happening with, like, the fool and exactly. someone else. Mm-hmm. And just how... Because um, even Edgar, like, looks at this and, like, says he, like... Does he cry or something? Yeah, he, just, like, he feels sad. he's really emotional yeah. during the mock trial. And, yeah. Um, Why do you guys think he might be so emotional? Um, I think maybe because um, well, uh, Edgar has well in this case poor Tom right, but yeah. he's facing a conflict within yeah. himself of being unrightfully um, mistreated and accused. Yeah, like so his father thinks that he 
Well, yeah, his father abandoned him the way um, Lear's daughters abandoned Lear. So, yeah, I guess the, the relatable aspect is what makes him so emotional. Yeah, he can identify with his problems. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Scene seven, the final scene in Act Three. Um, Gloucester said uh, the following lines: "Because I would not see thy cruel nails pluck out his poor old eyes, nor thy fierce sister in his anointed flesh take boorish veins." Um, I'm pretty sure this this quote reveals that uh, Gloucester has empathy for the king and the fact that he thinks Regan and Goneril's actions towards him are disrespectful uh he's no longer oh, he's not willing to tolerate that and um he he senses that they will continue being cruel to him and that's why he wants to do everything in his power to protect uh the king there and he compares it like he uses anointed flesh they forish fangs mm -hmm. so that's like some kind of like an animal, animal yeah. predator of some sort. So he's calling them like animalistic? Yeah. yeah. Like, without any hesitation, just cruel. Mm -hmm. And that foreshadows like his own eyes getting taken out as yeah. well, right? Because oh, yeah. he's, he's talking about Lear getting his eyes plucked out, and then yeah. later in the scene, he has his own eyes mm -hmm. plucked yeah. out. <laughs> Uh, the image of the two sisters compared to the uh, compared to the words of affection they uttered in the opening scene of the play because um, now they're all animalistic they're all they have the sort of hatred towards Lear and in the beginning of the story they were all being super super nice to him trying to flatter him and that's definitely their development throughout the, um, the play that they are um, they're betraying Lear when they claim to have loved him. Yeah. It shows that they were just being fake at the beginning. Yeah. And in reality, they were saying the poor opposite of what they actually were feeling. Similar yeah. to Edmund with his father. Mm -hmm. Exactly. How yeah. he just totally played it. Well, he's playing everybody. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then in this scene also, um, one of... Cornwall's servants interferes with the the, um, the the gouging of Gloucester's eyes because he realizes that um, the errors in this situation um, are well that Cornwall is committing um, is mistaken by um, punishing Gloucester like that and he recognizes the injustice both from um, uh, Lear's daughters because despite his loyalty to Cornwall, uh, his morality um, wins over him and tells him to uh, fight for what's right. And what was happening in that situation wasn't right because it was um, discouraging insight. That's uh, definitely something. Yeah, isn't the servant like killed by? Yeah, he yeah. does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I try and he gets. It, yeah. it shows his loyalty because he's loyal to Glock. Gloucester, even though, like, like even though there's been a change in power, he's still loyal to his original, like, master, I guess, or king. More than anything, though, more than just, like, the superficial 
loyal to one person or another. I think he's loyal to like um, what's right, yeah. to do what's right above everything. So that's why, in this case, Gloucester is the one that's like going back to question five. He's the one that's trying to protect the king and not letting others damage him. Uh, and he sees that, and instead he's um, now Gloucester's getting punished. He goes in to interfere, and that's you know. And it could be yeah. kind of like a the loyalty, like almost a parental kind of thing. Yeah. He says, "Hold your hand, my lord. I've served you since I was a child. What yeah. better service I've done than just like since he's gr- grown up with him and like yeah. um, puts him on the pedestal. He just thinks he's yeah. So what what theme is advanced by the gouging of Glau- out of Gloucester's eyes? So I think that definitely I think more obvi- obviously it's the theme of sight and insight so what do you guys think it means that Gloucester is like completely blind now well he finally he loses his physical sight but he has a new insight yeah like he finally like gets the or like he knows the truth mm-hmm. about um Edgar and like how Edmund um, oh yeah he now he knows which son lied to him exactly. and um you know and the daughter's intentions so ironically I guess then he loses sight physically, and he gains insight as to, yeah, yeah. mentally. And also, um, Cornwall, mm-hmm. he has physical sight. Like, he still has his physical sight, yeah. but he doesn't see any of the insight um, that Gloucester is actually not the, the bad person in the situation. Yeah, exactly. Um, so then what's... Question 10, we already covered that and that yeah, the significance of the servant challenging Cornwall. Um, so, yeah. So the themes in this in this act were definitely the weather in the beginning through the storm and how Lear um, identified with it. Um, yeah, all, all the conflict going on outside was also internal for Lear. Um, there was also insight and sight as we just mentioned with um, the servant going against Cornwall um, and trying to and then Gloucester literally getting his eyes taken out but mentally getting more insight as to what the reality of the situation is and then um, what else do you guys think there are in terms of themes in this act I think those are the two big themes yeah and another thing I just saw is just how Lucaster still, um, I think he still has, like, a really good friendship or, like, um, cares about Lear. Yeah. Because he says, because I would not see that I cruel nails pluck out his poor old eyes, like, he's not going to give up where he, he specifically is. Mm-hmm. And he'll rather take the suffering he's going to do. And he knows, like, they can't kill him without trial, but he'll take the suffering for as long as possible. Yeah. Well, um, what do you guys think is going to happen Act 4 in Act 4 based on like the foreshadowing we kind of see in Act 3 um, what might happen in Act 4 especially to King Lear in Act 4 uh, well isn't King Lear is he still going to Dover or whatever um, I think so but like with the uh, uh, is it like the knight 
And he's like yeah. meeting with uh, his daughter. Oh, Cordelia? Cordelia. Oh, yeah. Cordelia. I feel like Cordelia's gonna come in. Yeah, she's gonna four, come yeah. back. Yeah, and I think, um, I think Edgar is gonna be exposed, like his true character, like mm-hmm. instead of poor Thomas. His poor Thomas. Oh, yeah, poor Tom, yeah. It's gonna, it's gonna be his actual character that comes out eventually. Um, and even then, thinking about it, the crazy thing is. Um, Gloucester now can't even see uh, Edgar as his true self again. Um, he last time we saw Edgar was a sport home and he didn't even know that was his son. So, but I guess now looking at his son, he's, he's gonna have more insight as to who his son really is and how good of a person he really is, even though he can't physically see him. So I think that's pretty interesting. And, um, yeah, maybe. King Lear's character will develop. Well, I don't want to say. I think yeah, he's eventually gonna get maybe his uh, eyes taken out. He's gonna die or something. But I think maybe that's for a little a little later, rather than uh, Act Four. Yeah. But yeah, I don't he's know. probably gonna gain more insight because like Lucaster and Lear's stories kind of parallel each other. Yeah, they do. So Definitely. Yeah, if Shakespeare continues to um, connect the two storylines, then yeah. They're, He's going to go along the same path. All right. Yeah. So that wraps up our podcast on Act 3 of King Lear. Um, You won't see us next time because we'll probably be in different groups. Bye.